0: Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. Right, guys, what is up? What is up? It is me, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Today is January 17th, 2024. Can you believe it? Can you believe we're over halfway done with the month? Like, it's wild to me that it is... Time moves so quickly as, 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 as an adult, and I think I've said this before on, on numerous occasions... Um, so, it, 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 I, I ramble all the time. It just sucks as getting to be an adult sometimes. <laughs> uh, enough about that. Hey, how are you guys doing? Are you enjoying the new year? I am enjoying the new year so far. A lot of great things are on the horizon. A lot of great movies and shows and games are all coming out this year. So I'm very excited for all of that. It is going to be just an epic, epic year, in my opinion, And I could be very wrong. Who knows? Anyway, let's quit wasting time talking about not important things. Let's talk about our top three stories today. So, despite 343 always saying that the only BR they would ever make would be the Battle Rifle, it seems like an unannounced Halo Battle Royale was either recently shelved or canceled or or something of the like. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, The Emmys were on Monday, so we're going to talk about all the winners, the losers, the tributes, the whatever else goes on at the Emmys. (laughs) Uh, And then we are going to talk about Lorne Michaels, who has been talking about uh, what would happen if he were ever to retire or leave Saturday Night Live. He thinks Tina Fey would be his best replacement. I agree wholeheartedly with that. We're going to... Go deeper into that later today. Also, probably gonna finally do uh, the top 10 90s uh, dramedy movies. I, I if you want to call it dramedy, black comedy, uh, comedy drama, however you want to describe that that type of film. Uh, I was supposed to do that back in ooh wow uh, November, but we're finally getting to it now. I had to keep pushing it off and off and off. Anyway, let's get into that. Don't forget. Go to nixnernews.com. You guys can listen to the show right in the browser, which is pretty awesome. Or you can listen to the show on the go on your favorite podcasting places. There's Amazon Music. There is iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Guess what? We're also on YouTube now. So I, I you really have no excuse to not subscribe, share, like, do all the things, upvote, downvote, upvote thumbs up thumbs down however you guys want to handle it i'll leave it up to you with that being said also follow us on social media nixner news we're on tiktok we're on twitter instagram threads technically youtube is is also a place uh for social media not just for video sharing so check us out on all the places other than that why don't we get to the news all right well let's get into the gaming news shall we and we got quite a bit surprisingly for the beginning of uh for the middle of january not the beginning anyway discord is laying off 17 percent of its its staff uh as the Video game layoffs continue into another year, unfortunately. Uh, luckily, 17% of their staff only equates to about 170 people. Well that is unfortunate, uh, it is a low amount compared to the rest of the gaming industry. Hopefully, those people are able to find jobs in the tech industry in another place. Maybe one of them has a great idea to make a Discord competitor. Who knows? But... Unfortunately, that influx of cash from Sony did not save them. Or I wonder if this is because of the Sony partnership. Anyway, don't want to dwell on, on what-ifs and, and whatnots. So, oh, that's, that's a topic we should talk about later. Anyway, Future Press, uh, a company that makes game guides and different things, has announced a new Dark Souls compendium, a book featuring... Uh, every single minute, minute detail from the legendary from software games uh, for all three of the Dark Souls games should release later this year for sixty dollars. And uh, what Future Press is describing as quote the enemies, items, equipment, areas, and NPC dialogue of each game are all presented in an easy to reference format. This beautiful laid out book is designed to make it easy to find what you're looking for. Each entry is color coded by game. And everything is fully indexed. So, if you're a big Dark Souls fan, this book is for you. So, um, Game Shark, yes, Game Shark had a big uh, return, if you will, at CES last week. And they were talking about the release of their next program or platform or whatever's going to be used for them to allow you to access some kind of cheats. In, in games, well, they decided to sneak in there that it would launch with the release of whatever the Switch 2 would end up being called sometime in September. No, this is not an official leak of the release date of whatever the next Switch or Nintendo console is going to be end up being called. Uh, Nintendo or someone made a comment like, they're not even an official partner, so how would they know... GameShark was like, well, sorry, we're just speculating. It's all a big mess. I, I mean, you really think Game GameShark Game Shark would have the details on a new console. Maybe, more than likely not. So, whatever they predicted will probably not come true. So, just hold your horses. I'm sure a Nintendo Direct is very much on the horizon, and we will know more soon. Uh, the producers behind Final Fantasy 16, specifically Naoki Yoshida, uh, was speaking to the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences um, as part of an interview with Sony Shuhei Yoshida. Uh, he made uh, some remarks in regards to the potential future of Final Fantasy, a uh, Final Fantasy 17, if you will, and what Square Enix should do. Um, he did say that it would not be him. He's been, he's directed several of the, the Square Enix games. What he did say, though, was, quote, For the moment, I'll just say that nothing has been decided yet. That said, if I had to say something about that, I've had the chance to work on two of these, Final Fantasy XIV and Final Fantasy XVI. So maybe it's time for someone new, you know, instead of having the same old guys handle the next one. I think in some ways it would be good to look to the future and bring in a younger generation with more youthful sensibilities, to make a new Final Fantasy with challenges that suit today's world." Now, if you ask me, I think that would be very smart. Uh, Japanese studios, if you follow them, tend to stick with the old guard longer than maybe a western studio might. Uh, I think that that's more has to do with culture than anything else. I'm not knocking it. I mean, Shigeru uh, Miyamoto continues to lead the charge at Nintendo. Nomura, uh, again at Square Enix, continues to put out bangers. There, there's, there's several other. I, I, I feel like a lot of big name, you know, direct game directors and game producers and stuff at in Japanese studios are all in like their forties and fifties, and they've been doing it for decades at this point. So. Again, I, I think it's more cultural than anything. I would like to see more younger names pop up. They tend to create their own studios and not necessarily always be at the big ones. Uh, but, but we'll see. We'll see. It could be a, a new thing moving forward. Uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people would be excited in something like that. Uh, what else? So, the head of Twitch finally admits... Uh, After unfortunately laying off 500 people recently, uh, though, admits that um, it's not profitable. Uh, Dan Clancy, who is the head of Twitch, uh, after confirming plans to cut about 35% of staff, which is about 500 people, on top of the 400 they laid off last year, uh, in a blog post he said, quote, We will have to work to do, we still have work to do to right-size our company. Uh, So while the Twitch business remains strong, for some time now the organization has been sized based upon where we optimistically expect our business to be in three or more years, not where we're at today. As with many other companies in the tech space, we are now sizing our organization based upon the current scale of our business and conservative predictions of how we expect to grow in the future. I'll be blunt. We aren't profitable at this point. Amazon has been extremely supportive of Twitch. Big thing for being sustainable over time is ensuring we don't lose money. That's a big part of my job because that's going to be what makes sure we can be here for the long term. Unquote. He also followed that up talking about how they're not signing big or rec- er, big record-breaking deals with streamers anymore. Uh, c- following up saying, quote, The cost of retaining those streamers would have been far more than the revenue generated from them. That is something we've been very clear about. We don't want to do that, unquote. So, there you have it, folks. The head of Twitch admitting Twitch is not profitable. I mean, realistically, without ads, it, it really can't be. And I, I think, yes, there's there's ads on Twitch, but I, I don't think there's the amount of ads that maybe a lot of people would think would, would be on there. It's, uh, it is unfortunate, but it's just, uh, I don't know. We'll see what streaming, if streaming continues. Like, I always thought it, it was a strange business model, right? Like, I, I I get it. And I don't at the same time. Like, I am not a big Twitch watcher, like, at all. Uh, with the amount of games that I, I play, and I've always been into video games, I've never been big into watching other people play games. Um... I've attempted to stream a few times. I've I've used Twitch. I've used uh, uh, Beam before it was called Mixer. Uh, I used I, I've never gone to Kick, but realistically, I mean, a lot of my gaming content came from G Four in the past, or YouTube, or IGN, or or Kotaku. Like I, I don't go and watch other people play. Realistically, it's never been a big thing. So, I get Twitch is big with like younger kids, but they're not spending money, right? Younger kids are they don't have the wallets. Their parents and stuff do, and I it it'd be hard to justify, you know, a, telling a parent or even a lot of people my millennials, right? Hey, pay money to see this guy on 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 a video channel all the time, right? And it's I get a lot of people have, but at the same time it's not exactly a very justifiable Uh, Thing either so it's it's a very mixed bag, but it makes sense that it's not profitable and it it just it makes sense anyway (laughs) Uh, Smite 2 has been announced uh, 10 years after the original launched and it is expected to have some kind of beta uh, later this spring, but uh, It is a mo I think it is a MOBA game But I've never personally played it. I know a lot of people do I know there's like Every god of every pantheon in it. So, wow. 2014 on Unreal Engine 3. Jeez. Uh, the new game will be built from the ground up in Unreal Engine 5. And uh, Travis Brown, the general manager of Titan Forge Games who makes Smite, said, quote, Chance to go back, take all the learnings from 10 years of making Smite into one of the most successful multiplayer games of all time and do it all strictly better. Unquote uh, there's going to be new visual upgrades animations effects It will also have several gameplay improvements including new abilities for certain characters brand new back-end and matchmaking system new map features and a new UI uh, No word on an official release date, but uh, it will have five new gods including Hikate, and uh, Which is a, the Greek goddess of sorcery? so They said they're going to make some fundamental adjustments to the game as well, and different things. Uh, But in regards to that, they also made a a comment. I guess people had asked about... There's 1,600 different Smite skins in the the main game now. And uh, the developers behind the game... So, let me see. hi Res Studios is the other company behind it is not porting the game's original skins um, to the new game because it would take at least 246 person years of work to port every skin over so it is a free-to-play game but uh, it looks like they're not going to be pushing everything over in the new one I get it makes sense that's a lot here's a funny story so Peter Griffin, yes, that Peter Griffin, was recently added to Fortnite. And Seth MacFarlane was asked about it at the premiere of TED uh, a week or two ago. And <laughs> so I, I don't know if you noticed, but Peter Griffin in Fortnite doesn't look like normal Peter Griffin. You know, Peter Griffin is a, a large fat man. And Peter Griffin in Fortnite is a large burly muscle-bound chesty fellow well when asked about it (laughs) i think it's really funny and uh he said i had to have someone explain to me what the fuck fortnite is and then i said well that sounds kind of cool and uh hold on what the fuck fortnite is that sounds kind of cool well that sounds kind of cool yeah why not let's do it that's a lot of what my career is Somebody explained to me how about this, and I say, what's that? And they explain it to me, and I'm like, so that sounds kind of badass. Peter Griffin is a, a uh, someone asked, yeah, he's very muscular in there, right? I was told they didn't have the budget to create his actual body. So they had to, like, stick his head on, so it was like that TV guide cover from the 90s, unquote. So, exactly. first off, <laughs> Epic doesn't have the budget to to make Peter's body. I the way he explained it is they they didn't know how to, um. They they couldn't actually make Peter's fat body in Fortnite. Now yes they have the budget, Epic pretty much has unlimited funds at this point, but <laughs> I I just it it would be hilarious to me that that they couldn't have the budget. But I also think it it's great. it's really funny that, that Seth MacFarlane had to have Fortnite explain to him. You'd, you'd think that uh, he would at least have a tertiary understanding of, of what it is, but apparently not. The singer T-Pain has announced that he will be working with Rockstar for GTA 6 in some capacity, more than likely either providing music or being one of the radio DJs. Uh, but because of that, he is unable to continue... Role playing on a Grand Theft Auto 5 server. Which has upset the singer very much. But hey. He's going to be in Grand Theft Auto 6. I think that's a nice trade off. Um, and then. our, Like I said. Our biggest. Uh, our big story today for gaming. The alleged Halo Battle Royale. Has been shelved. Canceled. However you want to describe it. It was never official. So it's, it's unannounced. Really. And um. This is all according to Xbox Era co-founder Shapeshall underscore Nick on the Xbox Era podcast and reported by Eurogamer. Uh, this Halo Battle Royale is no longer in development, so essentially canceled. Again, this is a, a rumor that's been floating around for years now, even before Halo Infinite, uh, and in the lead up to that, you know there was always comments from 343 like, "Oh, the only BR from us is a battle ro- is a battle rifle, right? Not a battle royale." Uh, Battle Royale wouldn't necessarily fit in in the, the world of Halo, realistically. Um, Halo has always been a traditional multiplayer shooter. And uh, this is, was apparently being worked on by Certain Affinity, which is headed up by Marcus Leto, who has worked... Oh, no. Um, Certain Affinity is not Marcus Leto. Um, shoot. I don't remember. Uh, Certain Affinity... Hold on. They they've worked on every Halo game essentially since it 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 they were founded. Max Hoberman. That's that's who it is. Uh, Max Hoberman, who worked at Bungie, worked on very many uh, almost all of the Halo games. Uh, They've essentially worked with 343 and Microsoft since 2009. Um, They essentially made Halo Waypoint. They made map packs for Halo Reach. They helped with the development of Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, the Master Chief Collection. L- like I said, they've worked on every Halo since Halo 2, essentially. Oh, I forgot they made the, the map pack for Halo 2. <laughs> so yeah, Halo 2, Halo Waypoint, Halo Reach, Halo 4, Combat Evolved Anniversary, the Master Chief Collection, and Halo Infinite. Oh, they didn't work on Halo 5 Guardians, interestingly enough. Uh, they've also worked on several Call of Duties, with, um, with the uh, uh, with the different developers of, of Call of Duty as well, so they they've been around the block. Uh, it's just they were apparently working on this. There's other rumors of them working on other games in the Halo universe. I it wouldn't put put it. I wouldn't put it past them. I I, I fully believe that. But this is. It, it is uh, uh, something that's not happening anymore. Uh, to add to that, in an interview with VentureBeat, president and COO of Certain Affinity, Paul Sams, said, quote, "...the biggest thing we're doing that's public right now, for more than two years we've been working on Halo Infinite, doing something that they're very prescriptive about and what we can say. But we're doing something unannounced and we're doing lead development on that, unannounced thing from conception and design. It's something big and new for the franchise." But I can't say any more about it. That's our single largest project of our three projects currently. We have close to 100 developers working on that. Unquote. So, people thought that was a Battle Royale. It could be something else in the Halo universe. Maybe not necessarily the Battle Royale. If it was shelved, I hope that doesn't affect all those 100 developers. Um, I personally would not want a Halo Battle Royale, if you ask me. But... That uh, is very interesting indeed. The Pokemon Horizons anime, uh, its USA its US release has been delayed several weeks to March seventh. So if you're looking for the first Pokemon anime without Ash, you'll have to wait a few more weeks. I think that's going to be on Netflix as well. Square Enix has dropped a bunch of Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth content, trailers, pictures, fan uh, uh, art. All that. If you guys want to consume all of that, it is available now for you guys to look at online. A lot of new Eufy pictures. Uh, Ubisoft has announced changes to its Ubisoft Plus platform. So, uh, its new subscription service is uh, releasing a new premium offering and adding a back catalog focused option. So, this will coincide with the release of Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown Tomorrow. On Ubisoft Plus, we've learned of Ubisoft Plus, Ubisoft Plus Multi Access, and uh, PC Access have now been merged into Ubisoft Plus Premium, which will cost $17.99 a month. Uh, It will offer day one new releases and early access where applicable, as well as premium editions and monthly rewards. The day one release of Prince of Persia The Lost Crown will be part of Ubisoft Plus Premium. Oh, so this is like Game Pass. So for 18 bucks a month, you might be able to get brand new Ubisoft games day and date. Um, they've also released Ubisoft Plus Classics on PC, which is what they call a, quote, curated selection of popular back catalog and live games. Um, unquote. This includes Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Siege, Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, it will grow over time. Um, this is... Included for PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Premium members. Standalone Ubisoft Plus Classics is available for PC for $8 a month. Existing PC subscribers keep their plan as is. Um, This is interesting. As per Ubisoft's agreement to take on Activision's cloud gaming rights from Microsoft. um, But no word on if this is included with Game Pass, interestingly enough. But... Another follow-up to this is what a Ubisoft exec said. Um, let me see. Just hold on. He he essentially said uh, this is an executive over there, and speaking on on things going on with the launch of of Ubisoft Plus Premium and Ubisoft Plus Classics, Philippe Tremblay, who is the director of subscriptions at Ubisoft, speaking to GamesIndustry.biz, said, "Quote." I don't have a crystal ball, but when you look at the different subscription services that are out there, we've had a rapid expansion over the last couple of years, but it's relatively small compared to the other models. We're seeing expansion on console as the likes of Playstation and Xbox bring new people in. On PC, from an Ubisoft standpoint, it's already been great, but we're looking to reach out more on PC so we see opportunity there. One of the things we saw is that gamers are used to a little bit like DVD having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. As gamers grow comfortable in that aspect you don't lose your progress. If you resume your game at another time your progress file is still there. That's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. I still have two boxes of DVDs. I definitely understand the gamer's perspective with that. But as people embrace that model, they will see that these games will exist. The service will continue. And you'll be able to access them when you feel like that's reassuring. Unquote. He goes on to continue. But the big kicker is feeling comfortable with not owning your game. I am a big, huge, giant proponent of physical media. And I've rallied about it many times on this podcast. I am also a user of streaming services, gaming and movies and TV alike. And I get the idea of DRM and things like that. And I fully understand you don't own the game when you sign up for these things. Am I fully comfortable with that? Not exactly. But at the same time, it benefits me in my personal situation right I can't afford always to go out and buy every single game that I want to like I used to that is a fact I've just come to accept but what I can afford is a subscription to something like game pass and that way I can get big games that Microsoft releases or others and and play them right sometimes after the fact sometimes day and date so Am I fully comfortable with it, like I said? No, not really. But it helps and fits my current situation. And and realistically, that's the thing that I am more comfortable with than not having them at all, right? And are we going to see an oversaturation of that market? Eventually, we will, just like we are in TV and movies and everything. Luckily, though... There's not many in that space that would it wouldn't balloon as much as as every like network right more more likely it would be every publisher you know there's Sony there's PlayStation and those are the same company there's PlayStation there's Xbox Ubisoft is a publisher EA they kind of all have their own services not really a subscription model. Um, uh, you could theoretically throw Activision in there, but they're part of Xbox now, so those will eventually be on Game Pass. Um, uh, WB Games might put it out. There's, there's not as many, right? Uh, again, who knows? Though, who knows? It, it's, it's a future that people poo-pooed when the Xbox One was announced 11 years ago, and yet here we are, 11 years later.